All right, what's up, everybody? This is Brian from the Hervcast. Welcome back. If you've been here before, uh, welcome to the show if this is your first time. Um, if it's your first time, I suggest checking out a couple of the past episodes. Um, but anyway, uh, tonight I've got my old buddy Mike here. Uh, we're going to sit here and bullshit a little bit. Uh, and this episode is brought to you by Flatbed Cigar Company. Flatbed Cigar Company has... Um, you know, the Henshaw Street, which is my favorite that they put out, but they've got a, a, a pretty nice line with the Panaceas. The Panaceas have a lot of good cigars. Um, so check them out at flatbedcigarcompany.com. Uh, use my coupon code HC25. That's Hector Charlie 25 And that coupon code will get you 25% off of your first order with that code. So you can use that code once, and then Paul will put you, if you, if you choose to, he'll put you on the email list. Uh, I guess that's your decision. Uh, but if you join the email list, Paul sends you coupons on a pretty regular basis. Uh, he's a great guy to do business with. Um, like I said, great cigars. He's got, he's got quite the lineup. Uh, check him out. Uh, flatbedcigarcompany.com and the code is HC25 for 25% off. Um, also we have purotrader.com. Uh, purotrader.com is a, uh, community cigar buy, sell, trade auction site uh they built the most sophisticated purpose-built cigar platform in the world just for the cigar community it allows users from all over the world to connect share buy sell and trade cigars connect with thousands of retail shops cigar collectors and aficionados from around the world to find just the cigar that you're looking for at the best possible price and service benefits to puro trader are you have an e-humidor which uh, you could use for tracking your own collection that is also fully searchable uh, browse through e-humidors of some of the biggest collectors in the world. Large and knowledgeable community through the forum pages. Peer-to-peer -peer review. Uh, help purchase with confidence. They use verated software to, to verify every user's identity and age. No fake accounts or bots ever. Zero tolerance policy for selling counterfeits. Banned for life if caught listing or selling counterfeit cigars. Integrated with PayPal for convenience and protection. This platform is focused, built for the cigar community by the community. So how does it work? Simple, fast, and completely free sign-up process allows you to use all the features for free. Yes, for free! They charge a small fee only when a cigar is bought or sold. So join PiroTrader.com now and use promo code HERF, H-E-R-F, for 25% off of that PiroTrader fee. So that's P-U-R-O-Trader.com. And use the promo code HERF for 25% off of that Puro Trader fee. So go check them out and let me know what your experience is like with them. So me and Mike are starting off with a couple of Asylum straight jackets. They are 5x50 and they are a Nicaraguan Puro out of Honduras. So Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, filler, just out of Honduras. So uh, my buddy Mike... Me and him have known each other for, I don't know, probably somewhere around 20 years or so. Sounds about right. That's, uh, you know, me and his brother, me and his older brother were, were pretty good friends throughout high school and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, life happens. And um, as, as life would have it, uh, ended up hanging out with Mike, uh, you know, through, through other mutual friends and, uh, let's see, bands, jobs, just hanging out, parties, all that shit. So um, now here we are, like 20 years later, and, uh, you know, 
Mike's doing all right for himself. He's a Civil War reenactor uh, in his spare time. Um, he's gone through uh, plenty of uh, life experiences and and uh, you know different different careers and whatnot. He's he's been a fireman for for quite some time. So yeah, what do you got to say about that? I don't know. That's probably about the best time of my life. Um, I don't know. There's something about being a firefighter that can't replace anything. I'm sure other first responders and maybe even veterans or people of that nature. I never joined the military. I just never had, let's say, I never had the balls to go and sign up. Um, but, yeah, I, it's probably the, one of the most re- rewarding careers I've ever had in my life. So are you still doing any uh, volunteer work with the town or no? Um. No, I've been traveling so much with the new job that I haven't. I'm technically still on the part-timer list as a firefighter EMT with the town of St. John. Um, I'm hoping to maybe uh, change that and maybe start picking up some more hours there. Right on. That's Yeah, I forgot that you did end up getting certified for EMT as well. So uh, that's I was an EMT for, I don't know, about five years, and I never did anything exciting. I did a lot of dialysis transports and wound care transports and whatnot um any emergencies i was a white cloud so see and that's what i liked about the fire side i I started off as a volunteer and i got to see all that stuff i got to learn from a lot of great paramedics and a lot of great emts um starting right from the get-go even before i went to emt school i was learning stuff yeah just because we were a full service fire department ambulance service in town so i got to see what a lot of people don't get to see that go to the private sector working for the private ambulances and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, and then you were also the firefighter at the mill, right? Yeah. I worked at, uh, Arcelor middle in East Chicago, Indiana for geez, four years, three years, uh, moved my way up the ranks. I'd start as a part-timer there and then became an officer, became a Lieutenant on the fire department there. And then uh, didn't know if there was any sort of future there, so I kind of walked away from it, and now I'm uh, traveling doing electrical-type work. Yeah. So how do you like that so far? Uh, it's not bad. No. It's, it's definitely not for everybody, and part of me is kind of leaning that way. Yeah. Um, I enjoy going. There's a lot of places that you or anybody else will never be able to see. Like, I just... I was in Kansas for about two weeks working on a military base. Yeah. Uh, in secret rooms that have night vision repair and stuff like that. S- secrets that only the military sees. Yeah. Um, and it's stuff that I never would have saw if I didn't go do this job. But um, traveling kind of bears on you a little bit. But it's nice to see different things. I just got back from Oklahoma. And uh, now I'm working a little locally here. And then who knows where that's yeah. that that's one that's one of the parts that kind of is a is a drain because one man i could be in indiana here hanging out with you smoking cigars and drinking beer and two days from now i can be in california or oregon or we had a job in hawaii there for a while i no, that's don't one get me wrong hawaii that yeah that'd be one pretty awesome um but yeah it's it's the unknown sometimes it's like last minute hey we're gonna uh, wait till the day before you're supposed to leave and tell you where you're going. So it's kind of stressful a little bit sometimes. Yeah. So, 
So uh, you mentioned uh, cigars and beer. That's mm-hmm. kind of what what we're all about here. Um, right. I forgot to mention we are drinking uh, some zombie dust from Three Floyds. Uh, we're lucky enough to have Three Floyds down the road here. So definitely one of my favorites from Three Floyds. Um, it's definitely one you can't find very often. Once they put it on the shelf, it's usually gone yeah. within an hour or so. And then, um, you know, like I said, the the Asylum Straight Jackets. Um, oh, so far they're they're having a little trouble staying lit. We got to keep on them pretty uh, pretty frequent here to keep them going. Which I haven't had any problems with them before, so I don't know what's going on with it. But um, so what about beer? What kind of what kind of beers are you into outside of uh, you know the the three Floyd zombie dust? Oh jeez! Have you found any good ones on the road? Any any favorites that you anything that's blown you out of the way uh, out of the uh, uh, on the road? Let's see. Usually, then that's that's the thing. Whenever I go on the road and I'm out and about, I'll usually if I go to a, a restaurant or a bar, I'll usually ask them what they have locally. Cause yeah. I like to try different beers. It, it's, it's one of my passions. Uh, I used to hang out with my buddies. We used to brew beer uh, a couple times a summer and it's still kind of a passion of mine that I'd like to dabble into. I haven't dabbled yet where I haven't bought any equipment, but it's definitely something I'd uh, look forward to maybe trying out here in the near future. Yeah. Um, I was in, where was I? Kansas? No, not Kansas City. I think there was somewhere down Indy. I was. I was. I don't remember who it was though, um, off the top of my head. But there was one down there that was pretty, pretty well made. And there's a few other ones, but off the top of my head, I'd it's very, very informative. There, Mike. Sorry. I, <laughs> Uh, so, like I've explained to Brian here, I, cigars. I I can't tell you where they're from or what binder they are or what different oh, ne- flavors I'm I. picking up. I mean, well, that's. I mean, there's. I'm sure you could pick out some flavors, just not like uh, nothing crazy. I I can't do. I I can't pick out those crazy flavors or anything. Um, you know, I, you know the basic flavors are there and right. Um, just like to sit back and enjoy a cigar with my buddies and yeah that's i mean the only reason i knew that this was a nicaraguan piro is because i looked it up beforehand <laughs> you know um yeah it's i'm not i'm not the i'm not that experienced to where i'm gonna i'm gonna pick up a cigar without a band on it and tell you where it's from oh don't you know? don't play shy here now brian yeah. you know your so, stuff i know I, I know a little bit i've i've learned quite a bit the past couple of years so now uh you 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 do smoke cigars on a regular occasion so do you have do you have any go tos? I usually go to either um I like CAOs. I'm a big Alec Alec Bradley fan. And uh, obviously Arturo Fuentes out um are usually a given, but I I'm a big CAO fan. Yeah. For the most part. So I for, if I remember right, you're more of a more of a medium bodied Yeah, I'm not a full a big yeah. full body. Yeah, so that's I you know, I was kind of a dick with uh, with giving you the asylum tonight, but figure we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I think they're starting. I think they're starting to burn pretty well now. Yeah, it's getting a little bit better, but now mine's mine's getting a little wavy. <laughs> but you know, that'll happen. So you just did a um, you just did a big 
Civil War reenactment out in Gettysburg. Nope, nope, no, I didn't. Yeah, I did. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, you've how long have you been doing the reenactments? I've been in the reenacting for let's see, five years, six years now, five years. Because my first my first year was uh, Gettysburg. Yeah, uh, I went. I went and uh, did a couple local ones, and then uh, we do national ones. Usually, every five years is when we do our national ones. Now, don't get me wrong; they have the events every year. Yeah. Um, but your company, but our our battery that I'm I'm part of goes to Shiloh every five years. We go to Gettysburg every five years. Um, we do we do the anniversary, the big anniversary years. Yeah. So. Um, now, do you kind of alternate that? Like one year you do Shiloh, the next year you do Gettysburg, and then, uh, no, or is it, or is it like every five years you kind of go hard in the paint and do do a few big ones? Right, and that's that's what we usually do. Is that like Shiloh falls? Shiloh fell last year, so the the 155th of Shiloh happened last year. Okay, so they're kind of, uh, I can't say last year, but towards the end of, um, what was it July? No. No, it was early. Early with Shiloh. Um, but then we do Gettysburg every five years. We do Shiloh every five years. But there's also other battles um, down south that fall when Gettysburg falls. Yeah. But we always go do Gettysburg every five years. Um, there's Resaca. There's Antietam. There's all kinds of different um, battles that I've never seen and a lot of guys have because they've done, they've been doing it for a lot more years than I have. Yeah. So – you you do do it every year though, don't you? Like uh, do you do like the local ones every year? Yeah, every year we do a bunch of local ones, mainly out of Illinois. Yeah, um, we're, I'm trying to get some connections here in Indiana with some of the the regiments, trying to get in with them and see uh, what kind of stuff they do around here. Because most of our stuff happens like up in uh, we just the the battery that I'm part of part of is called Stanford's Battery. Uh, we we reenact a uh, battery out of Mississippi, so we are a Confederate battery. Um, so most of our guys live in Illinois near O'Hare, and that's where most of our stuff is up, up northern Illinois. Um, so I'm trying, trying to make some connections down here where we can. We used to go do Billy Creek down in Terre Haute. Um, they had since. I think the first year that I started, they they that's when they canceled Billy Creek because they just weren't getting enough people to come out. And if, if people are, <clears throat> you can read in the newspaper now. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the reenacting world and and how it's dying because no one wants to do it. No yeah. one wants to come out, and and it's not that people don't want to come out and do it. It's a lot of a lot of political bullshit that that's going on nowadays about. Very wrong. I. I do not condone slavery and all that stuff that supposedly the Civil War was only about. Um, there's a lot more to it than just slavery. Um, people just see as, it as slavery, and that's why the South was fighting. They were fighting to keep their slaves, and it wasn't. There was the taxes. There, the government was trying to take over, kind of like King George tried to take over, and that's why we had the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we broke away from King George of England so that we can have our own way of living. And during the Civil War, it's part of what it was. And our government was trying to overthrow and tell us what we can do and what not to do. And and uh, so the South went against that and tried to fight for their rights. So 
like are are you seeing like more and more backlash every year then or i'm seeing more and more as of late um ever since what two three years ago when they started tearing down confederate statues of general lee and all the the yeah. generals and and monuments i you, you see a lot more of it and it, it's kind of hurting the the reenacting world and it's not like you guys are like trying to change the outcomes or anything it's not like family guy where where when they were in the south they you know they 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 reenacted as if the south did win and and all that so i mean you guys are i mean you stay pretty historically accurate correct we we try and stay as historically accurate as we know um we usually we usually try and portray a, a battle or some sort of um skirmish incident um, that happened during the Civil War. So then we'll take that and we'll kind of make it our own story and it's our own event. kind of improv it. But we, yeah, we improv off of what actually is in the books. Yeah. So, um, so like Gettysburg, you, you look at Gettysburg and the South actually did win a day. They overthrew the Union. Now don't get me wrong, the Union came back the next day and took back over Gettysburg or their losses from the day yeah. prior to. Same with Shiloh. Shiloh... There's, there's a part in the, the battlefield called the Hornet's Nest, and this was just like the nastiest part of the war. There's just men dying left and right, and the Confederate artillery line took over um, the movement of the war on the one day and, and into the next day. But then the, that later that day, the Union came back stronger because reinforcements from the north came down and assisted the union troops that were there on site yeah so have you done a lot of like personal research and whatnot or do you guys get together and and do any like you know like research gatherings or um you know how how exactly i mean have you always been into history and did it just kind of bleed over or Um, i've always been in history i'm not a huge history buff like some of the guys are where they know every little uh on july 3rd 1863 at five o'clock in the evening this is when this happened or that happened i I don't know it like they do and hopefully one day i do yeah Um, i don't read a lot of books uh kind of kind of can't sit there and read a book i kind of get lost in them but um yeah i've always been in history um but there's a lot a lot of guys that are in my group and a lot of guys in the reenacting world that know so much more and i love to just sit down and talk with those guys and yeah. listen to what they know. So when when you're out there, it's, I mean, are you, you guys are you guys are basically camping out throughout the reenactment, or how does that work? Um, for the most part, there's some events like Gettysburg. A lot of people camp out, um, but then us as I guess being yuppie northerners <laughs> we get our hotel rooms and we like to be a little more comfortable now there's there's the hardcore guys and there's the guys like us that like to go out and have fun yeah um the hardcore guys they've got their their names of who they are portraying themselves um for their regiment or their battery or whatever um so there's guys that have that and they live it and it's just like world war ii guys they they do the same thing they some i got a buddy that was on the fire department he does world war ii and they do nothing but speak german at the event wow so there's like i said there's those hardcore guys that that are really really into it and want to really 
um, drive it home. Yeah. Like, this is how it was. And then there's guys like us, like, we'll, we'll set up our canvas tents and, and cook by the fire and, and do all, all that stuff too. But, yeah. um, like we just had our, our first event last weekend that we, as a battery put on up in Lombard. And now this weekend is our second event of the season that we put on up in Carpentersville, Illinois. So that one's usually, they're, they're both real good. There's a lot of good ones in the area. Um, Manhattan, Illinois, there's a good one. Uh, Greenbush, Wisconsin, we usually go up to. We used to go up to, oh, geez, where is that? There's another place in Wisconsin. We, we used to go do live shooting where they they had a berm set up and we'd actually fire lead cannonballs out of our, out really? of our cannons. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Now, that's got to be fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, that was up in Boscobel, Boscobel, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, it, it's awesome um, to see what these cannonballs do to, like, a plastic drum of water or, like, a um, – they got those uh, those latex dummy type things. Yeah. What it, you like, can a see ballist, what, like a ballistic dummy. Like a ballistic dummy. gel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can see what it would have done to, to a, torso. a soldier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's gnarly. And, like, we put on our own little um, – for our group we do a live shoot on one of our guys farm and we'll set we got cars set up out there and refrigerators and it just yeah it's, it's gonna that, it's see, amazing you gotta you're gonna have to facebook live that next time you do that shit i will that's uh that's yeah i mean you you did the facebook live live video at gettysburg and that that was that was pretty interesting it was it was cool i mean you guys uh you guys were waiting to to get into action and whatnot, but it was cool to you know kind of get the sounds and you know see it off in the distance right. how 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 it went on and everything. So see, and that's the thing. Like five years ago when we went there, we were like in the middle of everything. Now this year when we went, we were kind of placed off in the distance where yeah. not a lot of people saw us and they only heard the, the cracks and the booms from the cannons. But yeah, um, then there was a big old battle going on up the hill from where we were, and we didn't get to see any of it, and no one knew we were there except for here. So how big of an area does – well, I get, you know, Gettysburg is obviously I, – I, I can only assume it's one of the bigger events, but, like, how big of an area do you guys cover when you're doing these reenactments? Um, it all depends. Now, you, you got to know that when we're doing these events, like, say, Gettysburg or Shiloh, that were actual battlefield sites – we're not doing it on the grounds themselves. Yeah, not the national grounds, right. but, now, but still battle sites. Now, last year, last year I think they did a special event at Gettysburg where they actually did it on the battlegrounds. Really? And we were invited, and then we were kicked out because someone from the uh, southern group wanted in, and, of course, they're from the south, and yeah. they're portraying it more and this and that. And uh, so they got priority, they got priority over us. Um, so it sucked cause it would have been cool to go see and do and actually be on the battlegrounds. Um, but, ah, geez. Like when we do our local events, it's a small field and some, some are a little bit bigger, but Gettysburg, I don't even know, maybe five square miles. Oh geez, give or take, maybe so less than that. So, how does that work for for the uh, for the audience? Well, that's the thing with the audience is that they have uh, grandstands set up in those areas. So, there's different areas that they're having battles at. So, if you want to see like Pickett's Charge, it's going to be in this area and maybe okay. at a different time. Um, now, this year and five years ago, they did. It 
on the last day. Pickett's Charge is like the biggest thing for Gettysburg, and uh, people want to see it. And so that's like the big draw, usually the last day of the events. Um, but usually it's it's in a big, big open farm field that that they usually have set up every year. The, no. Everything's lined off, and all right, you're going to be here. This group's going to be over here, and you're going to work your way across this field. And uh, it's like you see a lot of people uh, moving their cannons with carts and stuff like that. And back in the day, they used, it was all horse-driven horse, horse driven or man-driven. You're moving your cannons, and, and that's how our group likes to try and portray it. We don't, we don't like to haul our cannons by like a lot of, you'll see golf carts and stuff and yeah and that's not how it was now that we're trying to get hooked up with a guy that or a, a cavalry union or a cavalry unit um and see if we can hook it up with him where we can have uh our cannons horse drawn when we want to move our cannons so do you have a a favorite event that you've done uh, in the five years that you've been doing it? Gettysburg five years ago was awesome. Yeah. It was 150th. There was people from everywhere, Japan, all Europe. It was huge. There was yeah. easily like 50,000 reenactors. Now, this year for the 155th, it wasn't – maybe because it wasn't the 150th. It's not the 175th. It's not a, a it's big – It's not a, a milestone. It's not a milestone. Yeah. It is to an extent, but it's not – one of the big ones and uh not as many people showed up there's there's probably like 20 or thirty thousand reenactors but it just wasn't as big as the 150th yeah that one was awesome shiloh's fun um i like doing our local events sometimes um like the ones we we put on we try we try and our group has been trying to put a little extra into it we do our own ground charges and and blow up uh so the <coughs> So off the cannon, there's there's a basically it's a little trailer. It's called a limber box. So in the limber box, they would have kept all their their charges, their rounds, um, on the on the face of the of the the lid of the limber box. It's got say you want a six pound charge. It, it could tell you how far the range and everything and your elevation and stuff like that. Um, so we try and keep it as realistic. And we we've blown up limber boxes. We 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 make fake limber boxes we'll yeah. blow them up we'll we'll set a charge underneath the wheel and blow the charge and pull the wheel off so it looks like the the wheel's been blown off we, we tr- we're trying to bring a little bit more excitement to it because when i first started it wasn't as um you, you hear the cannons going off and all the musket rounds going off and everything like that but, but you didn't see anything but you don't happen. see no cause and effect yeah so we're trying to bring a little bit more of that into it so uh, you've told me at least one story about how, like, while doing the reenactments, like at night and whatnot, you guys will try to have fun with with the other battalions. And oh yeah, pull pranks and whatnot. Yeah. So, you you got any good stories as far as that goes? That's funny because this past weekend when we did our event, we uh, us as reenactors we tend to uh, once the crowd leaves we tend to break open the 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 libations and and yeah. have a good time and uh well we had a little bit of a good time with one of the other one of the other groups uh they left their cannons on the field so we decided to teepee their cannons and uh 
couple of guys were awake when they saw it, and uh, I guess they had to laugh about it. And, and that's the good thing is that some groups, some groups they'll 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 laugh it off and be like, "Oh, that's great." And some groups we know not to mess with their stuff because they're really picky about yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, we did. We've done that. We've stuffed barrels full of banana peels and different now, things. I think did uh, you guys ever try to uh, to make off with anybody else's equipment, like steal any cannons or any anything like that? Like during the night? Yeah. Or during the, during oh. the battle, we've stolen. Like during the battle, we'll uh, we'll we'll charge with our cannons, and then um, sometimes we'll we'll turn the other group's cannons on them and and pull them back to our line, and <laughs> and, and the same thing goes there. It, it's it's fun in our eyes because yeah. we're kind of like the practical jokers of uh, the civil war events around here. Yeah, people know who we are, and we like to have fun with it. And uh, same thing goes. Uh, um, we did that at one of the events, and the group wasn't too pleased about us touching their cannon. Yeah. But you have fun with it and shake it off, and you know for next time not to mess with their stuff. Yeah, yeah. But so. So. But yeah, it, we have lots of fun out there. And then uh, I've been told since we have our event going on this weekend. So we, for these two events that we put on every year, we, we get this very well-known uh, brigade band. It's called the First Brigade Band, and they are awesome. They, they are so in tune with the music and everything. We, they, at every event, they put on a ball on Saturday night. So everyone, all the women get dressed up in their hoop skirts, and the guys get dressed up in their better attire and and go dancing and have a good old time um i've been told as of last weekend since this saturday is my birthday that the first brigade band is gonna sing me happy birthday oh there you go so i'm like you don't have to do that (laughs) so um any cigars going on while you're doing the the reenactments or sometimes yeah nothing uh when i was in gettysburg i went to the uh the Union Cigar Shop, which is like right in the main square of Gettysburg. Yeah, you were just telling me about that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, good yeah. shop. Good shop. Very yeah. good shop. Good, so. Very nice selection. Yeah. And then you can sit outside on the sidewalk. They got tables and stuff out there. You can just hang out and smoke your cigars. And, yeah. And it, it's just amazing. The first time I went to Gettysburg five years ago, it's like you can feel like if you didn't know anything about Gettysburg except for there was a major battle there yeah at least for me when i drove into gaysburg five years ago i felt there was a presence of something big happened yeah um and you can you can walk around downtown gaysburg and and look at the buildings there's there's a restaurant called the uh the, said the farnsworth house and a lot of people hang out there there's a nice little um outdoor eating area and everything but on the whole side of the the wall there's just musket rounds that have been splattered into this brick and there's a, a window just about at the peak of of the farnsworth house where there, there's believed to have been a sniper in the window shooting uh troops as they walked into the main square of huh. of gettysburg all right yeah that's um like we've got some well uh, 
when I say we, I mean, you know, my family, my, my, my ancestors and whatnot, uh, uh, my, my mom's uncle owns the property now, but it's, uh, it's a little, it's a little valley in Tennessee, uh, Rickman, Tennessee out that way. Um, and there's, you know, log cabins on a property. It's a little, little valley. There's a, there's an old corn mill and, um, you know, my uncle and whatnot, like they, they've restored like the original cabin, they call it the Roxy. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a, there's a story, uh, from, from the Roxy, uh, it's been in our family since, since pre-Civil War. Wow. Um, uh, it, it's changed hands a couple times, but now it's, you know, it's back in the family. That's good. But, um, this, you know, during the Civil War, um, in the Roxy cabin, the Roxy cabin is, you know, maybe the size of my garage. Uh, it, it's about the size of, you know, maybe, you know, like I said, about the size of a two, two car garage, two and a half car garage. And there's a, like a little loft upstairs and like, you know, legend has it that, um, you know, a couple of Union troops came walking through the valley, and um, there's you know one guy in the in the loft, and he ended up taking a shot. I think I think it was three or four troops taking a shot, and he you know ended up hitting one of the Union soldiers in the head, and the other three or you know two or three ended up running off and getting away. But you know, it's little stuff like that like i mean the property itself is beautiful uh there's a couple of newer cabins on the property now uh that, that have been moved from like delaware and whatnot but you know yeah, i was talking to your mom about that last time at your wedding i was talking to her about yeah that. so it's i i always find it pretty fascinating to hear stories like that especially when it's so close to home right. you know obviously it's not close to home to me but like knowing it's close to home to the family history you know so um, you know, that's, that's always fun. And, uh, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot of activity that I know about in that area, but you know, I guess little stories like that. So, right. Right. Now, has your family ever gone and like metal detected anywhere around there? See yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've never thought about that. I'm not sure if they, <clears throat> I'm not sure if they have or not. I'm going to have to ask my uncle about that, but. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty interesting to do. Yeah, my one of my buddies uh, that's part of our group. He lives in Virginia, um, and he's got an old farmhouse that his family bought. Like, it, it, he's trying to turn into a, a brewery. Um, he, they're slowly working it on and everything, and he keeps talking about me coming out there and helping him go and everything. But um, he's metal detected on his property. He's found stuff from the Revolutionary War, yeah, Civil War, just wow. all kinds of different things. Yeah. So it's something to maybe maybe try out one week. Yeah, I'll have to I have to go get a metal detector and you know go visit. So as I said, I mean uh, my mom's uncle that that owns the property now. You know that's uh, that's who my son's named after, and um, you know so it was, it was cool. We got to stop there this past summer, and you know uh, those two got to meet you know my son and my uncle. Uh, so that was cool, and then I guess you know got to show Jeanette the 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 property and all that so that'd be pretty cool to see um so let's see as far as uh opening up a brewery goes you have some aspirations for that do you have any any ideas or anything uh anything special or you mean 
beer wise or are you talking location wise no like i mean beer wise food wise um i've always been a a simple type of food kind of guy um i don't need i don't need to go up to chicago and eat like a 50 dollar meal or anything yeah. like that I, I don't get me wrong i like a good steak but um i think food wise i just like to keep it simple i before when i grew up or when i grew up when i was younger i I worked made pizzas for four years you know that yeah and uh it's always been a passion i think that was like probably the funnest job i've ever had in my life it's so laid back and i had a bunch of great friends i still have a buddy that i work with with a new company that i've known since then and uh i love to do like pizza something simple maybe some little stuff nothing 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 some sandwiches yeah maybe a special Special here and there, but and people would probably laugh at me, and, and but that's how I am. I, I like I like small town stuff, like three simplicity. Floyds. I, I love three Floyds, but if I were to do this, I don't need to be as big as three Floyds or Sam Adams or any of those the 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 big dogs. Yeah, uh, I'd much rather be simple, small town. And if you put out a good enough product, they're going to come and eat your food or try your beer. Yeah. There, there's a lot of breweries that I've, I've gone around. Shoreline, I love Shoreline. And, it, yeah, they've got their stuff out in the liquor stores and stuff now. But um, there's a lot of a lot of small, small town uh, breweries firing up, and it's a big thing right now. And uh, so it, it's kind of a concern. How, how long is that that market or that thing gonna stay booming like yeah. it is right now um and it's a concern of mine but it's also a passion of mine do you and, have a, a focus on like do you have like a specific beer that you want to focus on or are you going to kind of just try out try out all different kinds i'll try different ones I, I, um i'm more of a porter or ipa type guy um I, I usually stick around those. Sometimes I'll get uh, what's the other one? Um, you got the, the chocolate stouts. They're yeah, they're all right. I'm not a big coffee fan. A lot of the stouts that they put coffee in, and and there's some of them that I can tolerate, and there's a lot that I can't tolerate. But, yeah, um, yeah. I'm more. I love my IPAs. I didn't when I first started drinking them. I, I thought they were yeah the weirdest I, thing I think, I've ever had in my life. I think I think everybody kind of starts off like that right so um what about with cigars what do you like to drink with cigars um either a good glass of scotch um i'm a i'm a callan fan um or i'll just sit back with uh, a good whiskey I, I like jack i've always been a fan of jack and just sitting on the porch cigar and nice cold glass of scotch or jack i'd I'm fine with that. What the fuck are we drinking beer for then? We should have we should have opened up the cabinet. Well, I mean, we, we we always can well, later. Right, we just you know. started. So, um, well, we keep talking about my aspirin. What about you? You uh, got this Hearth cast going on, and it's something you're enjoying, and you love your cigars. And oh, this is what, what do you see? This this is a nice hobby to have. I I, I love doing this as a hobby. Uh, I don't really see it as as uh you a know becoming changer. yeah yeah it's definitely you know it'd be nice I, I wouldn't be the next joe rogan here yeah, in your garage yeah okay <laughs> uh i think that'd be more along the lines of mark Marin. 
Um, but uh, no, it's it's fun. I like it. I I like my job. I, I like the job that I have. You know, I'm distribution. You know, driving a driving a reach truck. You know, stand up forklift basically. And um, you know, I enjoy that. Obviously, you know, like any job, it it gets on your nerves sometimes, and you know the the people rub you the wrong way every once in a while. But um, you know, it is what it is. It's a uh, it's the grind. It's the daily grind. Unfortunately, right. my daily grind is midnights. So in a freezer building. Yeah, in in a in a refrigerated warehouse with a, with a big freezer that I got to spend too much time in. Um, but you know what? It 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 gets the bills paid, uh, and you know, I, I'm lucky enough to have a family that's uh, okay with me taking a little bit of extra time out to do something like this. Um, you know, if something came along and, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to to do something with this, then, yeah, I'd, I would definitely definitely pursue it. Uh, who wouldn't, really? Right. I mean, who who would turn down? An opportunity. Yeah, I you know, just. And that's how I'm feeling right now. Turning, turning, their, turning their hobby into... Uh, into a career i mean that's hell that that's the american dream i guess right. you know being your own boss and yeah. running your own thing so but i mean as far as uh careers go like i said i'm i'm happy with with where i'm at um you know but uh like i said opportunities opportunity so um you know i'm i'm lucky enough that that i have a, a steady job to begin with uh that's true you know and like I said, lucky enough to, to have a family that is okay with me buying cigars from time to time. So, and um, I don't know. Just uh, I guess I'm I'm pretty happy with just being able to sit down and bullshit with people while while smoking and having a couple of drinks. So right. Um. Do you have a um, a favorite cigar story or anything, have, uh, or uh, celebrations that included cigars? Or I remember the first time I tried cigars. Worst thing ever. Um, my buddy, my buddy that I used to work with at the pizza place, he also worked part time at, at a smoke shop, and he he was into cigars, and I wasn't. I was like, oh man, I wouldn't try. I wouldn't mind trying it because at the time I was I was still smoking cigarettes, and I was like, well, it's only a super-sized fucking cigarette. Why not? And uh, I didn't understand the concept of not inhaling cigar smoke. So let's just say I got sick a couple yeah. times and kind of like, nap, never doing that again. Yep. Yep. And uh, it wasn't until you and I started hanging out and smoking cigars that I yeah. really appreciated them and understood them a little bit more. And, and uh, just like you said, sitting back and enjoying them with your friends. So now, how long has it been since you quit smoking cigarettes? It's been it's been a while now. I quit smoking cigarettes. Was it thirteen years ago? Nice, something like that. Thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. Now. So you got you got ten years on me. Yeah. So that's I just I just passed the three year mark um, in July. I think it was uh, July third. I think is when when I quit. Yeah. But that's yeah. I quit. I quit smoking cigarettes. It was. Uh, May 1st, uh, what was that, 2006? Yeah. Yeah. 12 years? That's when I started working construction, yeah. Yeah. And then what's funny is I, 
at the time my the the uh the field boss that I worked with, he smoked like a chimney and but he smoked the cheapest of cheap cigarettes. Yeah. So he's like, Oh, I'm sorry I smoke but I was like, No, that's fine. You're you're giving me a reason not to smoke because yeah. the smell of those cigarettes yeah. are so terrible and stale and I'm just like, Nope, you're helping me out there, buddy. That's I I forgot about you working construction and that's probably the longest job that you have, isn't it? Yep, eight years. Yeah. Just under eight years. Yeah. That's I, I completely forgot about when you worked for them. That was fun. Yeah. So met a lot of great guys. Yeah. Uh what kind of like you you've ended up finding uh you know, like random random crap in buildings you were cleaning out and whatnot. Um you know, refrigerators and every and what was it? You built you brought home um what a five hundred gallon tank or some oh, shit yeah. that you're that you're turning into a grill. Yeah, if one of our projects we found I found a uh, old five hundred gallon oil drum that they used to like fill the railroad uh, engines with, and uh, they were just going to scrap it and throw it away. So I took it home and cut it open, burned it out, and uh, it's been a slow, slow project. I, I'm slowly turning into a smoker eventually. Yeah, so so now how does that would like you you said you burned it out? Does that get rid of everything to make it, it, it food safe out. or i don't know how f- <laughs> i don't know how food safe it is but it's safer than it was when well, i first opened it I, I guess if you're your own guinea pig that's all right that's right so. you know it's just like anything you got like cast iron stuff you got to season it make it yeah your food tastes better and stuff like that and uh, that's how this will be i'm gonna yeah. eventually uh uh, set it up and then have a, a second area like burn box so the the fire will be outside of the actual pit itself and it will just it's a it's called a uh, directional where the fire is on one end and then you're going to use the air to draw the smoke to the other yeah. end and up and over and back out yeah so so pretty much be like sealed on one side so the smoke has to go all the way to the other side and then back over right yeah, to gonna, the chimney i'm gonna put like a pan on the bottom so covers up all where the smoke's going to come in and then only a little entry on the opposite end where it comes up and out and then draws back over. Yeah. So um man, construction. I've done a lot of different things in my life. Yeah. And that's the thing is that I've seen a lot of things, I've done a lot of things, I've helped build buildings and and help I don't know, help save people's lives and help people get fatter and eat because making pizzas <laughs> yeah um i don't know uh, growing up i never knew what i wanted to do and you can kind of call me like a jack of all trades sort of uh, uh i'm good uh, i'm i'm good at a lot of different things yeah but not perfect at one thing yeah but, but it's, it's better it's better to be mediocre at everything than than a perfectionist at one that's I I can't remember the the exact uh, saying. You know, everybody knows the jack of all trades and master of none. Right. There's actually a second part of that, that that's along those lines of, you know, being being a jack of all trades, master of none, and then uh, it's like, but it's better to be experienced in all these different areas than just one. Right. You know, it's like I was always setting myself up for what ifs. So, uh, yeah, I worked in the restaurant industry for four years, finished my schooling. I went to automotive school. So I still had that restaurant background to fall back on if the automotive stuff didn't work out. And it didn't because 
I realized that I enjoyed working on cars more as a hobby, like you do with this. I, I enjoyed it more than my my leisure, the hot rods and stuff like that. That's right. You you worked at the mechanic shop for a while too. Yeah. But I was always setting myself up so I didn't, I guess, fail. I always had a fallback. Yeah. yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that for sure. Uh, so what do you think of the Asylum so far? Not bad. It's not it's too strong? No, it's really not too bad. Yeah, I, mean, this uh, is definitely, I smelled it, and it smelled a little spicy. I was kind of worried about it. but Yeah, there's, there's, there's really not too much pepper in it. Um, and it's, it's not the strongest cigar, but it's definitely stronger than you're used to, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. You got a stash at home? or? <laughs> no, I, I wish I... I wish I can do it. It's just it, when I get them, I smoke them. It's just like a good beer or a good scotch or something. Yeah, there's nothing you wrong got, with it. You got these people that have a full bar of liquor, and I'm just like, how do you do that? Because yeah. when I get something I, and I enjoy it, it's gone. Well, see, I, I, I was lucky when I did a Cigar Palooza last year. Uh, my, my cabinet got a head start with, uh, you know, quite a few bottles that, the guys left behind, you know, everyone was traveling from, from all over the place. So they would, you know, on the way in, they, they'd grab something and on the way out, they left it here. Right. So my, my cabinet got a kickstart there. Plus leading up to that, I would, you know, it was like every, every couple of weeks, every month leading up to that, I would, I would pick up a bottle and not touch it, right. you know, saving it for that weekend. And, uh, so, you know, since I had the, the starting point, I guess, um, it's been easy to keep up with it. I see something getting low, I go and buy another bottle. So, right. um, you know, try to try to keep changing it up. I got a I got a couple of staples in the cabinet. Yeah, you know, but a couple of those special occasions. I yeah, it's nice to it's nice to go in and oh, that that looks like it's worth trying. Or you know, listening to the guys and like, oh, all right, well, you know, that one sounds good. I'll have to look for that and pick that up. You know, right? So, yeah. But yeah, my roommate actually got me in the scotch. Um, I wasn't always in the scotch. No, that's, I, that seems pretty the, recent. Yeah, yeah, I've always been in the whiskeys and 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 the beer. But um, but yeah, he he brought out a uh, like a seventy dollar bottle of Macallan one time, and yeah. I'm like, really? You, you want to drink that? Like, <laughs> I don't appreciate it like you appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, and. Uh, Ever since then, every now and again, we'll get one of them bottles and just sit back and relax and yeah, and enjoy it. So does the roommate smoke cigars at all? He does not. No? He smokes cigarettes, but he doesn't smoke cigars. No. I don't think he's the type of guy that uh, would sit back and smoke a cigar. Yeah. It could be it could be time-consuming and, you know. Yeah. Oh, but. So. Well, hell. He spends enough time in my garage as it is. And, Smoking yeah. a cigarette. Might might as well uh might as well enjoy a cigar. Yeah. Have to have to get on him about that. So um now do you have any good uh smoke shops by you? No, nah, we just got regular yeah. cigarette uh smoke shops. They they got cigars and that's where I usually get my yeah. CAOs from or my Arturo Fuentes, but we don't have anything like uh like we usually go to up here by you. Yeah. So that's, that's something I need to look. Nah, I don't think there's enough Dutch down in my town that would no. smoke a cigar. I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, I was lucky enough to, uh, 
one of the shops that I go into, um, they had a sample of um, Punch has a new cigar coming out. It's called uh, the, the Diablo. Okay. And that's one that I was looking forward to trying out. And I mentioned it while I was in the shop the other day. And um, I got the, psst, psst, <laughs> come here, you know. And, um, you know, she handed me a Diablo, and I it's like, oh, awesome. This yeah. is this is sweet you know i felt felt a little bit like an insider for for a couple minutes right. there you know so i smoked that today while we were disc golfing and um oh disc golfing yep say what you want so do you still have your uh your members only cabinet there over at the cigar shop yeah 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 <laughs> yeah um at at uh 1101 i have a locker um i don't have one at karma anymore um that'll probably change sometime soon um yeah because you had one at the old karma yeah yeah at the old karma i had one um i haven't gotten one at the new at the new location yet so that's um yeah i know you i know you enjoy cigars i know you're not um you're not like uh captain enthusiasm when it comes to cigars and whatnot but uh i know you're definitely interested in it so when um when you feel like uh taking the next step into the hobby i'll have you join a couple of cigar groups and you know uh you'll end up you'll end up getting a humidor and running out of space pretty quick i'm sure well yeah we just talked about that the other day yeah uh talking about turning my monster fridge into a uh yeah basic humidor yeah that's uh another one of those gems that you found in a building you were cleaning out yeah yeah guys threw it away and i know why because the uh, compressor was bad but then when it sucked i had replaced it and then uh, we lost power, and it just zapped the whole yeah. system. So instead of just buying a new compressor, I think we're going to turn it into a humidor. That's not a bad idea. So, um, yeah, I mean, you don't need the condenser um, as long as it's in a in a temperate room. You'll be fine. So, because um, you said the fans still work and everything. So. Right, right. It'll keep everything circulated fine. So, do you have a uh, a favorite cigar that you've ever smoked? Honestly, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, I don't save wrappers mm-hmm. like you do. Um, so now I really can't say, hey, oh, I love this one. Yeah. Um, honestly, when we go to like Karma and stuff like that, I honestly look at the wrappers. Yeah. What, what, whatever catches your eye whatever catches yeah. my eye yeah um it's like adam adam our buddy adam he used to go buy cds just by the the cover of the cds yeah. and yeah. sometimes it was a hit and sometimes it was a really bad choice yeah but that's how i do cigars i'll, I'll look at the labels uh yeah I, I float more towards the alec bradley ones and um but usually if the the wrapper looks interesting and, and intricate and stuff like that i'll I'll try so, it out. So you probably would have picked this one out, you yeah. know, with the with the straight label, or I'm sorry, the the straight jacket on the band. Um, so as far as music goes, um, that's 
I think we have pretty similar taste in music. Uh, you like some stuff that I don't, and you know, vice versa. But um, I I haven't been listening to too much music lately. I pretty much just listen to podcasts while I'm at work and whatnot. Right. But um, if I'm if I'm not on if I'm not on the lift while I'm at work, I you know I've been listening to more music lately, and um, you know, I I, I did the dollar three month premium for spotify oh, okay. and uh i've been i've been listening to some some stuff that i haven't listened to in forever um you know not exactly proud of the choices oh boy what, what but, do you got uh, for me here you know like one 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 night i was uh i was i was i, I went on a cotton mouth king kick <laughs> which is fine yeah but um that cotton mouth king kick took me uh took me down the path to uh icp oh no. and uh you know, started listening to a couple of the ICP albums that I used to listen to, and it's like, oh god, what the fuck was I thinking? Right, right. <laughs> but um, as well, far as far as music goes these days, uh, where do you stand? Jeez, it's funny because I've always, you know, me, I've, I've always always listened to, like the metal. Uh, I was yeah. a huge Metallica fan, Pantera, stuff like that. Um, I tell people all the time my my 15 and 16 year old self would be kicking myself in the ass right now because i kind of fell into the country yeah country world and uh i don't know there was something something about it like one day it just it clicked yeah i was going through a tough time in my life and uh relationship wise and just life and some of the music just clicked and and it made sense um so I, i love listening to that um i still listen to my metal i I've slowly started listening to some of the newer stuff. I'm a huge fan of like Five Finger Death Punch and In This Moment. Um, there's a group called Butcher Babies, but they're good. But the, one of the main reasons is because there's two hot broads that are singing. Yeah. Um, but I listen to that. I, and there's a on a good day, I'll be sitting in my living room. I'll put my record player on. I'll put some Frank on or. Yeah. Dean Martin and just glass of scotch and just sit there and just listen to the words that they're singing. And, oh yeah, and it's just there's nothing like it. It's as far as country goes. Like I, I'm not a country fan. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not a fan of the new country. Uh, you know that that stuff. <coughs> but I had a thought the other day. You know, because when I when I'm driving, I pretty much just flip through the stations and you know something catches my ear and uh, you know I'll stay on that. But um was it on the on the alternative station was 21 pilots and i can't stand 21 pilots i i think they suck right uh and that's pretty much most new music these days but so i i kept flipping through the channels and i ended up on the country station and i ended up staying there because everything else was a commercial and 21 pilots was on <laughs> and I, I i said fuck it i'm listening to country because as, as sad as as sad as it is, I would rather listen to country than Twenty One Pilots, pilots. Yeah, and yeah. not not even just country, but country that I don't know, and it's new country, and you know it was pretty much garbage, right? But it wasn't as garbage as Twenty One Pilots. Oh yeah. So I think I've been through all the differences. Uh, obviously, like you said, we we both like some of the same music, like Zebrahead and uh, stuff like that, and then I like my metal and. I went into the like the screamo phase and the emo yeah. phase, yeah. And, and I still listen to that stuff. Like I, it's funny. I usually when I 
when I take a shower, I'll, I'll put my iPad on and I'll put YouTube on and, and, uh, I, I looked up like for mom Nash's. I haven't listened to my from mom Nash's wow. in years, but yeah. something just clicked. Yeah. I was like, man, I haven't listened to that in a long time. I put it on and I was just like, yep. I used to be an angry white kid. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that pretty much sums it up there. Yeah. I remember those days. Oh yeah. But. Um, so remember back in the day you were in a couple of bands and whatnot. A couple, yeah. So I think the, the most, uh, the most prominent, I guess, was, uh, Into Oblivion. Yeah. That which, was. I mean, no, nobody's going to find anything from Into Oblivion. <laughs> I hope not. But that's every once in a while I, you know, it's like, man, that, that'd be good to listen to and I'll find it. And, you know, I think I got an old scratched up CD somewhere. And yeah. You know, uh, I I can't remember if I if I had it on my old computer or not, but I don't have it anymore. Every once in a while, I I try to I try to do a search, a, a Google search, and see if anything's popped up. Yeah. But you know, again, that's you know, fucking fifteen years ago or something. And Easily, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah, we we all had big dreams on that one about going on tour and. You guys did a little bit. I mean, we did a couple, couple quite a of few local, shows. a couple of local trips. Yeah, you know, did a Chicago trip for, for a, a contest to play Warp Tour. Was, was it Warp? Yeah, Warp Tour, I believe. Yeah, uh, it's called Emergenza. Um, I don't even know if they still do it or not, but yeah, it was called Emergenza. I still have. It's funny because I was looking through this bin of random stuff I have still laying around, and uh, I found my pass that we needed as a band to uh to be there and i hung it up on my equipment that i still have laying around and and uh yeah we played that show we played a show down in muncie and i think it could have gone a lot further than it did but it is what it is um yeah we had fun while while it lasted yeah hanging out in the garage and and brian was our little roadie yeah i was the unofficial roadie (laughs) you know so yeah good times yeah Oh yeah, I still got, I got one copy of the CD in my in my binder of CDs, and I've got another one still in the case and in, in my bin, I not think, even scratched. I, th- I think that's actually the last time I listened to it was uh, you had you had the party last summer, like you had the big cookout. Yeah, and um, what was it? You put me in charge of music, and I came across that, <laughs> and um, well, I think you were you were on the other side of the yard or something, and I put that in, and like. Just all of a sudden, I hear, "Yeah, ah, oh, fuck." <laughs> well, it's funny because no one else knew what the hell it was. Yeah, and and it's fun. Like I, I'm pretty sure most people liked it too. Yeah. So yeah, we, we got definitely had a, We definitely had a different sound to us, and and we we always people would always come up to us like, "Oh, what do you guys sound like?" And I'm sure you could have pinned something, yeah, that we sounded like. But that's what we kind of loved about it, is that. We really didn't sound like anything that was out at the time. Yeah, there were there were a lot of different influences there for sure. Oh, for sure. So, but starting from Modesto's Silver Chair influence, and then we started getting MCR and and uh, from Om Dashes and all kinds of different. And people. So you got you guys are big My Chem fans, My Chemical Romance, and uh, Glassjaw, and mm-hmm. uh, which I I never got into those. It was funny. Uh, was it one night we were we were hanging out at Caitlin's house after a My Chemical Romance show that I didn't go to? Yeah, and uh, 
is when she was living in the in the uh, salon. In the salon, yeah. And um, like Caitlin, like some some random dude was there, and Caitlin's like, "Oh, Brian, you know this guy look familiar at all?" It's like, no. <laughs> she pointed to the poster <laughs> that she had on the wall. She's like, "Does it look like this? He looks just like this guy, doesn't he? Doesn't he?" Um, it's like, "Oh yeah, check that out." She's like, "Yeah, that's because he's in the band." It's like, "Oh, well, awesome." It's like, uh, you know, nice to meet you. Like, right. I'm not, I'm not gonna blow smoke up your ass and tell you I love your music because you know I'm not. It's not my thing. And he's like, "No, man, I respect that. That's cool." Well, so and, that's that's the time that I met Ray from My Chemical Romance. Well, that's the funny thing because at the time I wasn't a My Chemical fan. I, Alan and Kaylin were trying to beat in my head that yeah, this is kind of one of our influences and and this is this is it. And I was just I didn't understand it at first. Yeah. Then, yeah. like their second album dropped, and it, it became a little bit more. They became a little bit more mainstream on MTV, and it gets drilled in your head. And, yeah. And then uh, I went back and listened to that first album. And I was like, "Why the hell didn't I like these guys from the beginning?" Yeah. And I, I'm a fan of Mike Kim, um, but I wasn't there that night either. Cause, yeah. Because they went to the show, and then uh, I think Caitlin was like, "Hey, come on over." And I'm yeah. just like. No, it's pretty late. I, yeah, I, I was a I was a bum back then. I, what was it? It was like their their sound guy or something lived in Hammond, and that's why they ended up coming out to Hammond after the show or oh, something. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. It was it was something along those lines. I thought Caitlin just invited them out, and he just said, "Sure, why not?" Well, I think I think he was staying with the guy that lived in Hammond, or you know, something along those lines. I I don't know. It doesn't matter. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know. And now. So I I don't think they're I don't think they're quite so prevalent anymore. But you know, for a while it was just a, a cool story to talk about. It's like, oh yeah, I, I met that guy. Right, right. You know, <laughs> I told him I didn't like his music. <laughs> well, that's like uh, that's like us following like the Lost Prophets. Like almost every show that the Lost Prophets played within a two-hour range, yeah. we were going to their show. That that's a sad story. There, jeez, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, that's one of those things. Like, how do you, you know, Poor Ian. Su- 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 yeah, such such a such a big fan of the music, and then you know, guy gets caught trying to do very bad things with very young children, children, yeah, babies, and, and his wife or girlfriend was in on it too. Yeah, and then like, how do you like, man? I I used to love that music, and now it's like I can't listen to it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've, even. Even just listening to his song, it's just like, man, I feel like I'm supporting this right. guy, you know? Right, exactly. Um, which that's, you know, if anybody wants to look that up, it's Ian from The Lost Prophets. I'm sure if you just Google that, you'll find you'll find what we're talking about. All the court uh, yeah, it's videos and... Fucking disgusting is what it is. Yeah. But... Yeah, I remember going down to Indy to see a show. We sat outside the Emerson Theater all day long. Um, the singer from, oh, Jesus, what was the other band? Because I kind of got into their music there, too. I forget the name of it. Um, but the singer came out and uh, hung out with us. We were sitting outside and just hanging out for the show and came out and brought us a bunch of uh, Kaylin drumsticks, I think, and brought me and Alan, like, uh, brand-new guitar straps and yeah, all kinds of different things, yeah. It was cool. Yeah, it's, I, I remember going to the show at uh, was it Purdue. Oh yeah, we went to the show at Purdue to see uh, it was a free concert with Lost Prophets, Hoobastank, 
Uh, and I can't remember who else. Yeah. But. I remember that show. Yeah. That was like. It's fun. Q one one Campus no, Invasion or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Or MTV Campus Invasion. I remember that. Yeah. That was funny. So. Let's see what else. Uh, what else we got here? I don't know. What else can we talk about? No. Any more kids on the horizon there, Brian no. Stessel? No, not. I mean, we've we've talked about it. Yeah. But you know, one day it's uh, yeah, sure, and the next day it's no. Nah, he's being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he's an asshole, but he could act like one every once in a while, you know? But, yeah. I mean, that's he's almost three, so you'll have that. Right. But, well, let's, uh, we go ahead and cut it off there then. Um, so, yeah, thanks for, thanks for hanging out and talking about the Civil War and all that stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, I think, uh, I think now we'll just... Uh, Finish off, finish off some beers, and maybe have another cigar. Um, but hey, if you got this far, thanks for listening. Um, you know, check out the website, theherfcast.com. If you have any questions, comments, uh, suggestions, hate mail, anything like that, you could send it to b the letter b at theherfcast.com. So b at theherfcast.com is the email address. Uh, Twitter is the underscore Herfcast, and Instagram is the Herfcast Podcast. Facebook is the Herfcast Podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. That's too many things. Yeah, I know. I'm already lost. I know. I've gotten used to saying it, though. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, like, subscribe, review. Um, you know, it's much appreciated, and if you feel that it's worth anything at all uh, i do have a patreon account you can check out patreon.com search for the herfcast and if you want to leave me a dollar or something that'd be great so thanks a lot everybody thanks for listening uh you know go back and check out uh my recent episodes and uh, let me know what you think <laughs>